let's go on to god's word uh, we began uh, a study last week if you remember uh, we looked at uh, the centrality of the church the centrality of christ and his community uh, how that is central to god's plan um and yeah you might be looking at this whiteboard and saying is this a classroom or is this a church Uh, can we not write and teach in a church yeah can we do that some of you are like what's going on here <laughs> yes um jesus taught his disciples he taught them in parables if he probably had a whiteboard and a marker he might have used them um if he had a movie camera he would do short films short films because he was telling stories um you know in parable forms and stories are nothing but uh, you know today we have in movie format uh, videos sh- uh, stories shot in video format and they come out as movies probably if jesus was alive in the 21st century he would have done short films uh, of all of his parables and circulated them on whatsapp and facebook and that's how he might have taught his disciples and that's what we have to be doing today the methods and the formats can change but the message remains the same amen all right so don't shoot down the method uh while you can be missing out on the message so church what is church church is simply a community of christ community of god's people uh who are living in this dynamic relationship with the lord jesus and who are also in community with one another and that was god's intention and so right from the beginning god was setting apart a people for himself uh for all eternity and uh, he gave them the disciples this command and he said go into all the world make disciples of all nations and the way they did it was by planting and multiplying communities of christ everywhere and so this is uh, something that we looked at last week and i'm not going to go back into it we looked at who's a christian uh, what is church we looked at how uh, the 21st century people look at a christian um someone who's a christian is looked at you know is addressed by um you know how he's born in a christian family or has a christian name or follows a christian culture but the first century it was the disciples who were called as christians in the first 21st century the church the idea of the church is also a building a sunday service an event um and we as a bunch of people who come receive some service from the church and uh, or for some others church is an organization uh, with uh, you know real leadership structures and money is involved and um you know a, an organizational entity that's how people look at church but the first century it was purely a community of christ it was a family of god a household of god you find these ideas in the bible um and they were learning living and uh, teaching the word of god and they were functioning group of people they were not just um uh, people who gathered in a place to go watch a ceremony not to just attend a mass uh, not just see the priest perform some religious duties Uh, that is not how church functioned it was a body of people a community of god's people who were functioning using the gifts and talents and proclaiming the good news of god's uh, kingdom they were living out good lives they were building good homes they were doing good works and proclaiming the good news this is what the church looked like in the first century and 
Church is not just one of the ministries uh, that you see in the Christian world, but church is what Christ is building. Jesus said in Matthew 16:18, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The one thing that Jesus is building is his church, a community of people. And so whether a person is an evangelist, a person is an apostle, a person is a prophet, uh, or a person is uh, whatever be the calling, whatever be the gifting, uh, the grace that God has given to a person, uh, everyone needs to be contributing to build his community because that is what Jesus is building in this world. And the church is a grand strategy of uh, the building up of his kingdom. Church is God's strategy. You need to understand this strategy uh, to build his kingdom. And when we talk about kingdom, it is uh, kingdom is something which um, is where a king rules over people and uh, he's got subjects. So Christ is king. God is king over our lives and we are his people who follow him. He rules and reigns over the hearts and lives of men. And uh, by the planting and establishing of his church, his community, God is building his kingdom in this world. That is his plan. That is his strategy. Uh, how do we say that? Because that's what we see in the scriptures. Jesus came in ushering in the kingdom. He said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. He ushered in the kingdom and, um, and he told his disciples to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. And baptism is an experience of uh, leaving the false gods and goddesses of the world, leaving the world community, leaving the sinfulness and the systems of this world and becoming part of, uh, become, beginning a relationship with Christ and becoming part of this community of God's people. Uh, God never intended for his uh, believers, his followers, his disciples to be all alone. This is not a privatized religion, but it is a community life that God was calling uh, us to live. And uh, you see that right in the first century, uh, in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, you find where they gathered together um, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread and to prayer uh, and to fellowship and uh, the Lord performed many miracles through the hands of the apostles and uh, they lived a community life. They even sold what they had and gave to others who had a need and they kept meeting from house to house and in the temple courts and uh, they enjoyed the favor of all the people and the Lord added to their number daily as uh, they were getting saved. And so this is the way the early church functioned and uh, 500 years back uh, with uh, Martin Luther coming about and protesting against the Catholic um, uh, faith and where he discovered from the scriptures that the Catholics uh, were teaching, uh, teaching which was completely in variance from scriptures where they were teaching a faith where salvation is by good works, by you doing good, you earn salvation. And he discovered that no, it's not by my good works, it's not by our good works, it's by believing on the finished work of Jesus on the cross and um, salvation is by his grace and by our faith in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. That's how we are saved from sin. Um, and so he protested and he found that there were many, many things that were um, in variance from scriptures and he protested and he came out and he nailed those 95 points on the, uh, at the cathedral in the church at Wittenberg in Germany and protested and said, no, this is false teaching. And he held on to the 
um, you know, orthodox teachings of scriptures. And he stepped out and came, uh, and that's where you find the whole movement of churches that came about, which is called as a Lutheran church. And then came about the Baptist movement. And they said, Martin Luther fought for salvation and he said, salvation is by uh, grace through faith. Um, and then the Baptist came alongside and said, no, it's not just enough that you are saved, but you also need to be baptized. And scripture is talking about being baptized and making this covenant with Christ. And then came about the Wesleys and they said, no, it's not just enough that you're baptized, but you also need to be learning scriptures. Um, and uh, so they instituted a methodical learning of scriptures. And so in a derogatory way, they were called as a Methodist uh, in those days. And... Uh, and so that's how you see in the last 500 years the um, progress of the gospel. And as um, the Church of England was established and the queen was the head of the church and uh, England ruled most of the nations um, of the then known world, you find um, you know, the Church of England sending out missionaries and uh, people coming down to places like India and many other nations in the east proclaiming the good news of the gospel because the British ruled um, and people came to Christ. And probably some of you are a result of uh, the missionaries proclaiming the gospel some 200 years back. Maybe you're a sixth or a seventh uh, generation believer on the Lord Jesus. And some of us probably recently we've come to know Christ. Um, the whole idea is that um, it somehow happened that the Catholic format of the church stuck on with the churches in the last 500 years. And so uh, the idea of the church is more of a building. And so you find this religious ceremony on the, the priest performing certain religious activities and people going and watching this mass. And as the worshippers stand by uh, everything that is done there somewhere along that time of an hour or so, being in that church building, you encounter something spiritual. And, uh, and as you pay your tithe and offering that, God is pleased with this and because you have this membership in this church of paying a subscription of probably an annual subscription of 30 rupees uh, and a receipt issued against that, you find a membership in heaven. Um, that's the understanding that people have, um, you know, picked up along the way. And so we need to be shedding away a lot of things that we have uh, learned uh, and so this is an experience of not just learning, but also an experience of unlearning a lot of things that we have learned. Um, a lot of ideas that we have picked up, a lot of things that we have uh, come to uh, believe in and practice and follow. But as we look at scriptures, we find that God was setting apart a people for himself. And that's what we looked at last week. Um, we looked at the meta narrative or the one long story of the Bible. And what is God doing? What is God doing right from the beginning? Is uh, you find this unfolding of uh, God's plan through the ages unfolding. It's unfolding God's plan through the ages. When we study that, you find that God is setting apart a people for himself. God is setting apart a people for himself. A kingdom of priests and we looked at all of that and how he gave principles and guidelines for them to live as his people so that they can assist him in setting apart more people for himself for all eternity so that ultimately God will hand over the kingdoms of this world as the kingdom of God and of his Christ and this is God's plan 
that god is setting apart a people for himself and so church is simply a set apart people for god and so church is not a place of religious activities a set apart people for god holy kingdom of priests a royal priest to the holy nation a people who belong to god who've been taken away from darkness and brought to the light amen and so a set apart people and this is what god has been doing and this is what is unfolding through the scriptures from the old testament you find that god chose a people for himself he chose a man made him into a family and made him into a family of families tribe of tribes people of israel and gave them leaders who would teach and lead them and the word of god and gave them guidelines and principles for them to live by the law and send the prophets to affirm and uh, to um Uh, you know lead them in the ways of god and to call them to follow god um and but they killed the prophets and they um uh, desecrated the law they desecrated the temple of god they uh, strayed away from god and went uh, after the you know cultures of the world and began to um live a different life uh, that from what god expected them to live in times god still continued to have mercy and brought them back from slavery from bondage from captivity and uh, because he had chosen them and they were his people and so you and i are a chosen people of god uh, you know come in the same lineage of the set apart people of god right from the beginning amen hallelujah and so we don't have to have a tag or a brand name or ourselves saying i am catholic protestant uh, wesleyan or baptist or methodist or pentecostal or non denominational or confused we don't have to have all of that um I'm simply a Christian who's set apart for God. I follow Jesus and I'm part of his community. You got it? Amen. I think you shed a lot of load right now this last couple of minutes. And so some of you probably were trying to figure out uh what kind of a church is this? Uh, is this Pentecostal? This must be because um some people sometimes are speaking in tongues. Um but it doesn't look like Pentecostal because the church is not the pastor is not wearing a white uh you know kurta and uh, dhoti um, uh, what kind of place is this this is simply a set apart people of god the church amen praise the lord keep it simple don't confuse yourself and don't confuse others <laughs> said god gave them principles and uh, wanted them to live by his teaching and so the word of god is handed down to us in our hands so he wants us to continue to set apart more people for himself for all eternity so that they will be collected for his second coming and so this is uh, what we looked at last week um, and so if you missed last sunday go back to acchurch.in and click on videos and you will it would take you to the youtube channel and you will find this message listen to it again so this morning we're going to look at so last week we looked at the meta narrative the one long story of the bible just describes that god was always setting apart a people for himself get this into your mind get this into your system and you know that will just help you um to focus on and prioritize in your life what you need to be doing so we looked at firstly the one long story of the bible i'll keep it that way than saying it meta narrative a very complicated technical word one long story is just talking about god is setting apart a people that's what you see through all right and then today we're going to look at the mystery 
that was once hidden which is now delivered the mystery which is Christ's plan for this age um for this age God's plan for this age and that is his church as well God's plan for this age is revealed in Ephesians chapter number 2 where Paul is given this grace to bring forth the understanding of what is church turn with me to Ephesians in chapter number 2 and let's read from verse 11 onwards therefore remember that formerly you who are gentiles were birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision that done in the body by the hands of men why did they do circumcision circumcision was the cutting off of the foreskin of every male and why did they do that because that was something god instituted that showed that they were a set apart people for god holy unto god but he did it in the flesh to represent that what he was going to do in the heart that we're going to be circumcised in the heart in other words set apart cut off everything unclean cut off from our life and set apart as holy unto god circumcision of the heart you'll find that god is talking about that in the new testament and so therefore remember that formerly you who are gentiles by birth and called circumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision that is done in the body by the hands of men remember that at that time you were separate from christ he's talking about the gentiles is talking about the gentiles uh, writing to the church at Ephesus and he says you are separate from Christ and what else um excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenant you know uh, excluded you're not part of the called people of God excluded from the people of God the people of Israel were called were chosen people of God you know so that he would reveal himself to them and through them to the nations of the world and so he chose israel as a nation but the gentiles the non jewish people everyone who is not a jew was not chosen and so we were excluded uh, from uh, the citizenship in israel and foreigners to the covenant you know foreign to the covenant no covenant god did not make a covenant with us he made a covenant he made an agreement with the people of israel foreigners to the covenant of the promise without hope without no hope no hope of forgiveness of sins no hope of eternal life without god no god in this world that's how we lived that's this is the status of the gentiles but now what has happened read with me in verse 13 but now in Christ Jesus you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ hallelujah this is where we were but now we are brought near to Jesus into this dynamic relationship with Christ because of the blood of Jesus verse 14 for he himself is our peace who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing in his flesh the law with his commandments and regulations his purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two you know that is jew and gentiles his intention not an afterthought his original plan itself was that he would bring about jews and gentiles together as one new man one humanity that all would be able to come to him 
and there was a hostility between the two the jews were his people and the gentiles were not his people the ones who were chosen ones who were not chosen esau jacob and esau you remember that jacob chosen esau rejected but now all are called to be as his people his purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two verse 15 and 16 and in this body one body to reconcile both of them uh to god through the cross by which he put to death their hostility he came and preached peace to those who were far away and peace to those who were near for through him we both we both have access to the father by one spirit we both have access to god the father by one spirit we are saved through the same spirit through the working of the same holy spirit who brings conviction into our hearts that jesus is lord he brings revelation that jesus is the lord we have not seen him but how do we know that jesus is the lord that's the work of the holy spirit how do we know that we are sinners that's a conviction of the holy spirit he convicts us of sin and so by the work of the spirit we both the jews and the gentiles need christ and we are brought together consequently was 19 you no longer now who is he talking about when he's addressing you he's talking about the gentiles you he's writing to the church at ephesus this is a gentile church consequently you who no longer are foreigners and aliens but fellow citizens with god's people and members of god's household now built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with christ jesus himself as the chief cornerstone christ is the head of the church christ is the cornerstone and we are built up upon the teachings of the apostles and the prophets the all of scriptures on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone in him the whole building when you talk about the whole building it's talking about Jews and Gentiles the whole building it's not talking about brick building it's talking about the people of god set apart people of god the whole building in him you two are being built up to sorry in verse 21 in him the whole building is joined together amen hallelujah we no longer standing outside in the outer courts we have access to god because the veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom when jesus died on the cross and we have access to the very presence of god to the holy of holies we do not need a mediator a man who would take our offerings and our sacrifices and offer to god and pray on our behalf but we have direct access to god and have a direct relationship with him And so in him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord and in him you too are being built up together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit you too are becoming this one building this one body Jews Gentiles together as church where God comes and lives by his spirit amen hallelujah and so this is who we are as church we are a people of God Jews Gentiles brought together because of what Jesus did and we who are once separate once excluded once foreigners to the covenant once without a promise once without any hope once without God but now have become fellow citizens with Israel and have become the body of Christ his church where Christ comes and dwells amongst us where he dwells among us by his spirit was chapter 3 let's read verses 1 onwards for this reason i paul the prisoner of christ jesus for the sake of you gentiles surely you have heard about the administration of god's grace that was given me for you that is the mystery made known you already know about this grace paul is taking telling the church at ephesus you know that there is a grace that is given to me um 
that is a mystery for you that is a mystery made known to me by revelation as i have already written briefly in reading this letter now you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of christ which was not made known to men in other generations as it has now been revealed by the spirit to god's holy apostles and prophets hey, there is a mystery which was uh, which is now revealed which is made known to me by revelation which was hidden in ages past which was not revealed earlier but now made known through god's holy apostles and prophets and what is this mystery what is that mystery verse 6 this mystery is that through the gospel the gentiles are heirs in other words sons together with israel israel was his chosen israel ephraim my firstborn israel my loved one god says in the old testament but now we have become heirs along with israel listen carefully the mystery is that through the gospel what is the gospel what is the gospel the gospel is the good news of salvation the good news of salvation is the gospel that i am a sinner i cannot save myself jesus is a savior he came he died he rose again to save me and by believing in him i have forgiveness of sins and hope of eternal life that is the good news of salvation amen are we getting it clear this morning and so through this gospel this is a gospel this mystery is that through this gospel gentiles we are heirs together with israel members together of one body and sharers together in the promise of christ in other words the mystery is the church why because the church is jews and gentiles together is one body in christ and so through this gospel through this gospel we have become part of his church and that was a mystery that was hidden people of israel did not realize that god was also interested in the gentiles they did not realize that god so loved the whole world they thought that the gospel was only for them the covenant was only with them the promises of god was only for them that god jehovah was only their god alone right but he they did not realize they had he had chosen them for a purpose that he would reveal himself to them first it was a sovereign choice it was not that he is a partial god he just picked someone so that he could reveal himself and that through them he could reveal himself to the people nations around and so god had chosen the people of israel and so jesus comes and he is born in the in a jewish family and salvation is of the jews the bible says salvation comes from them jesus god became man put on humanity and comes and proclaims good news and by believing in him we have forgiveness salvation and then he is now bringing us together into one body one community which was a mystery that was hidden but now is being revealed that jews and gentiles are one body in christ and so when we are talking about the church we firstly saw that an unfolding of god's plan through the ages was that god was setting apart a people for himself god was setting apart a people that was we saw last week how that 
right from genesis onwards that god chooses a man god chooses and he's setting about people for himself and that is how god has been working that's what god has been doing from the beginning but now god has set apart the gentiles also along with the jews which was a mystery now which is being revealed and let's look at how this is god's plan for this age that's the second part we're going to look at in verse 7 onwards 7 to 10 I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given through the working of his power. Was eight although I am least I am the I'm less than the least of all God's people this grace was given me what grace a twofold grace that he's talking about to uh, preach to the gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ to be an apostle to the gentiles this is a grace that god has given job description for apostle paul right he got an appointment order and they, the appointment order said this is the job description two twofold number one apostle to the gentiles that he will take the gospel to the gentiles and that's why uh, when you read the, the book of acts that you will find in chapter 9 uh, saul was touched by god on the road to damascus a man who was persecuting the churches and the people of god and putting them to death now this christian uh, sorry judaistic terrorist uh, judaistic jihadist what he did what happened was on the way to damascus as he was on this job of going and killing people and destroying churches god touched him a light shone from heaven and uh, you know he became blind and then god sent ananias to you know uh speak into his life and prophesy over him god's plan for his life and the scales fell off his eyes and his eyes were opened to know that jesus is the messiah he was why he was so zealous why was he persecuting the churches because he thought that jesus was not the messiah because they were expecting for a political messiah messiah means savior a political savior a political redeemer who will come and deliver the nation the geopolitical nation israel from the roman clutches but jesus did not come to wage war against the romans on a horse and uh, you know set up an earthly kingdom and sit as king in a throne in israel but he came as a king of kings and the lord of lords and he came as a king over all the earth and he came as a savior of all mankind from the sins of mankind which was a greater bondage that they were living in than the political oppression and so when the idea of the messiah that they had based on the prophecies of the old testament was that they were going to have a political redeemer and a king to rule israel they were thinking that like the times of david you know don't we say like those days you know good old days golden age they were expecting that good old days golden age to come back like the times of david where the messiah the savior will come and rule over them and so even after jesus died and rose again uh, the disciples come and ask jesus are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to israel jesus said no valley path to you know this is not a, for you to know the times of about it but you go and make disciples you be filled with the holy spirit and go and make disciples some of you are wondering is this really in the bible let me show that for you acts chapter 2 acts chapter 2 Uh, sorry acts chapter 1 acts chapter 
and he's saying no it's not about you sitting in jerusalem and having a good time here it's not about you can being concerned about how can we rebuild the political nation israel but you are to be my witnesses not only in jerusalem but go and make disciples in judea in samaria which is outside jerusalem samaritans who are you know considered as outcasts by the jews go to judea samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth and go and make disciples of all nations that's the call that's the work that's our task that's our focus amen hallelujah and so this is a mystery that is now being revealed now come back to ephesians chapter 2 sorry chapter 3 verse 7 to 10 we began reading there isn't it Ephesians chapter 3 verses 7 to 10. Uh, verse 8. We were at verse 8. Although I am least, less than the least of all God's people, this grace has been given to me. To be an apostle to the Gentiles. Look at this. Apostle means a sent out one. An apostle is a sent out one. Not someone who has a big crown on his head and a long robe. With a golden sash around him. That's not who an apostle is. an apostle is a sent out one an apostle to the gentiles one who will take the gospel to the gentiles chapter 8 uh, sorry chapter 3 was 8 to preach the gentiles the unsearchable riches of christ was 9 second second job description is in verse 9 focus there and to make plain to everyone the administration of this ministry of this mystery so not ministry mystery administration creation how this mystery is to be administered how this mystery how this church the idea of the church jews and gentiles together which is a mystery which was once hidden now being revealed the church jews gentiles together as set apart people of god as community of christ for which christ is the head how this has to be how the church has to be administered how the church has to function and what is a church church is a family of families and church so how should the church how should the fun, family function how should the family of families function how do we order our individual lives how do we order our families how do we order our family the community of god's people together how do we function as one god's people what is our mission all the administration this administration is not about normally the idea of administration is about maintenance of building hr department administrative department that takes care of all the business of paying the rent paying electricity bills paying phone bills paying salaries administration of an organization no it's not that administration the greek word that is used here is called oikonomos oiko normal administration which means a house order house order house order how this house has to be ordered what is the order of this house how do we function what is our mission this has been a twofold job description given to apostle paul and that's why he would write so much about this 
in his letters to the churches. Basically because he was planting churches. He was going about making disciples, evangelizing, sharing the gospel and collecting those people who had accepted Christ and forming them, Jews, Gentiles together as communities of Christ because this is a mystery that has been revealed that he's an apostle to the Gentiles and he's also been given this grace to put this house in a certain order. There's a godly order that God has uh, called him to you know, bring forth into the community of God's people how we ought to live our personal lives, how we ought to live our families, you know, how should there should be a husband, wife, and order within the husband and wife, between children and parents, between slaves and masters, and uh, how as a community of God's people, how do we take care of widows and orphans, how do we take care of elders, and uh, how do we live out this community life. This is a twofold job description that has been given to Apostle Paul, which has now been made known, which was once a mystery. But there's this mystery is that church is the mystery. Jews, Gentiles together as one body is this mystery. And look at verse number 10 and 11. Everybody with me? Amen. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10 and 11. His intent, God's original intent, his intent, Original plan, his master plan, his intent was that now through the church, through this community of God's people, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God, the manifold wisdom which was not made known earlier, the manifold wisdom of uh, Jews and Gentiles being together as one body of Christ, this manifold wisdom of God which was, you know, of wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heaven, heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. What is he saying? His intent was now through this church, through this community of God's people, this manifold wisdom of God which was hidden, this mystery which was hidden is now being made known even to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Even the angelic beings, the heavenly hosts did not know this mystery, this manifold wisdom of God. But now it's being revealed through the church. This is God's eternal purpose, it says there. It's now made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Verse 11, according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. So by this gospel, by this work of salvation, his eternal purpose, it's not an afterthought. Church is not an afterthought which came about after Jesus came into this world and before he ascended back into heaven, he didn't scratch his head, sit down and think, what will I do? I got some 12 disciples right now. I've been feeding them, taking care of them. They've been sailing with me. They've been staying with me. I've been feeding them. Uh, when, they, when we ran out of food, I was able to multiply. Now uh, I'm going to go away. How are they going to eat? How are they going to live? Uh, how are they going to... They left their jobs, they left their fishing and they left their father and mother and they came and followed me. Uh, what should we do? Let's maybe set up on, um, you know, business for them, the church. And so they can, at least some tithes offerings will keep coming and they'll uh, survive through that. No, it's not like that. <laughs> it's not for the disciples, uh, you know, to be, to, to continue their living. Because the moment Jesus you know, died and rose again and uh, what did Peter do? He said, let's go back fishing. So Jesus didn't say, oh, otherwise these guys are going to go back fishing. Let's set up another business for them. The church. No. This is eternal plan. 
which has been accomplished through the ages and also has been kept as a mystery which is now being revealed amen and this is eternal plan and his intent was that now this is going to be he's going to accomplish this through his church and church is god's idea and apostle paul has been given this job description and so if you come to first timothy and chapter number 3 and verse 14 and 15 first timothy chapter 3 and 14 and 15 we have many passages that we can look at but we since we are running out of time we'll finish quickly first timothy chapter 3 verse 14 15 although i hope to come to you soon i am writing you these instructions he's writing to timothy and he's saying paul is saying this if i am delayed you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in god's household which is the church of the living god the pillar and foundation of truth church is the pillar and foundation of truth and look at how church is addressed there church is addressed as, as how people ought to conduct themselves in the household of god a household is a family amen household talks about family isn't it and so that's why we function as a family amen and so it's very different from going and attending a service and coming back we function as a family and that's why we had the testimonies this morning of so many people talking about how god has heard our prayers and how people of god in this congregation stood with them prayed for them helped them encouraged them spoken to their lives when they had need and so church is a family of god it's not an organization with an administrative structure with a hierarchy of leadership that executes certain um you know certain things with an expectation of certain outcomes or some results or some profits it's not like an organizational entity it's not like an educational institution it's not like a business house but this is a household of god it's a family of god and so paul is writing to timothy why is he writing first timothy this letter to timothy is saying timothy has been sent to actually the church at ephesus to take care of that church for a brief period of time and paul is writing to timothy and he's saying if i am delayed to come to the church timothy you are my spiritual son i have sent you there to lead the church there but if i am delayed this is a letter you need to follow these are instructions given to you as to how people ought to conduct themselves in the household of god in god's household which is the church of the living god which is the pillar and foundation of truth and so today where is truth going to be found where will people find the truth it's among god's people amen we are the people who believe the truth we believe the truth isn't it we believe the truth we are the people who practice the truth are we do we amen we are the people who uh, preach the truth of the gospel we are the people who pass on the truth of the gospel intergenerationally from generation to generation 
there came a generation that did not know the god of israel nor the miracles he had done for israel we read that in chapter 2 and verse 10 of judges last week and as a result of that came last verse of the book of judges because it says each man did as it seemed fit in his own eyes because there was no king in israel because they had rejected god as king and they failed to pass on the truth intergenerationally and so we have a responsibility of teaching our children and our children's children and so church is a pillar and foundation of truth we believe we practice we preach we pass on the truth intergenerationally so that we will be the household of god we will be the people of god it says there in chapter 3 in verse number 15 If I am delayed you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's whole household which is a church of the living God the pillar and foundation of truth do you understand that this was a mystery which is now being revealed which is made known which was hidden in other generations can you just move the mouse on the laptop yeah thanks this is God's eternal purpose you've seen all of this members of God's household all right So let's stop here this morning. But the point is two things. If God is setting up other people for himself for all eternity right from the beginning if this has been his plan through the ages if we see the scriptures and we understand this has been something which has been unfolding through the ages and when jesus came and ushered in the kingdom of god and the strategy of building his kingdom and establishing his kingdom is gathering a people of god for himself setting apart a people of god for himself if that is true even if that is found in scriptures that this was a mystery which is now hidden which was hidden in the past but now made known if we understand these two things if we believe in these two things that this was um god's plan through the ages we find that by tracing the one long story of the bible and if we find that this was, this is also god's plan um god's plan for this age are you with me last week we saw how this is god's plan through the ages we traced that genesis onwards today we saw how this is god's plan for this age now it is made known his intent his eternal purpose but now it's made known we understand that this is what he is doing it god's manifold wisdom is now made known through us through the church which was even hidden from heavenly beings if we believe that this is god's plan through the ages and god's plan for this age should should not christ and should not the church that is a set apart people of god or a community of christ be central should it not be central to our lives also should not christ and his community be central to our lives that's a question i want to leave us with if this is god's plan through the ages if god is setting up other people for himself and if you find in scriptures that god's plan for this age which was 
previously hidden but now made known if that mystery is the church Jews and Gentiles together as house one household of God and this is God's plan for this age of the community of God's people this is what God is doing in this world and he said I will build my church he's the owner of the church he said I will build my church he said I will build he is the builder of the church he said I will he's certain about building it whether we are plugged in or not he will build it i will build he will build it will grow it will build he will build my church and this is one thing which jesus is doing in this world should that not be central to our lives should we not be also involved in building his church which is the grand strategy of building the kingdom of god for which Christ is going to come back again for which Christ gave his blood for which Christ is going to come back again amen should this not be central Christ and his church should that not be central to our lives and so we're going to look at a little more next week in this continuity of this same series and uh, we will bring it to a good conclusion next week Let's pray and commit ourselves and say yes lord I believe this is your plan through the ages and I believe this is your plan for this age that you brought us gentiles together with the Jews that we together will be one household of God and you've given us principles to live by and you called us to build your kingdom to go and make disciples and build this community and so Would you say yes lord i want to be part of this community of god's people i don't want to be outside your church and secondly would you say lord i want to be involved in the building of your church if this is what you are doing i want to be part of what you are doing because he has called us to be part of what he is doing to set apart more people for god that is our task that is what he wants us to do to build up this community of christ to establish one another in the teachings of the word of god and to help each one to be nurtured and to grow together as one household of god so that we will be a radiant church for which when christ comes we will be ready as a bride prepared for him let's pray hallelujah father we commit ourselves in your mighty hands we thank and praise you for the privilege that you have given us to meditate and study your word this morning Lord we praise and thank you because you are our God and we are your people. Lord you said I am I will be your God you will be my people and I will dwell among them. And Lord we thank you because we are your dwelling place. You are our God, you are our heavenly father. And Lord we are grateful to you because you have called us to be your own. You've called us to build your church. And we pray together as the people of God set apart holy unto the Lord. we will build your kingdom by building your church to you alone belong all glory honor and praise we pray your blessing everyone who has come this morning let your name be glorified in jesus name we pray